Ebola spreads exponentially, new weight loss and diabetes drugs, and Apple and Google take healthcare by storm, because this is where the money is. Hi Fools, welcome to the Wednesday Healthcare Edition of Where the Money Is. I'm David Williamson, and I'm joined by my fellow healthcare analyst, Michael Douglas. Michael, how are you doing today? Fantastic. Did you spend all day yesterday watching the Apple presentation? Because I know I did. (laughs) No, no, I did not. Actually, I spent uh, a lot of time on a lot of other healthcare headlines, and also discovered that I have a cavity. Uh, Thank you, the dentist uh, appointment, so I'm going to have a really fun Monday morning next week. (laughs) That was a busy busy day. You make me feel a little better about... uh, about uh, watching Apple for a couple yeah, hours. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but while you were looking at extra healthcare headlines, mm-hmm. you, you passed this one along to me. It's not one of the ones we're officially covering on the show, but I had to, uh, I had to print it out. I'll, I'll hold it up. Uh, and it says, could Navy submarine smoking ban lead military to quit? And uh, honestly, I haven't been as shocked by a headline in a long time. I can't believe... They allowed smoking in submarines. Yeah, until the last day of 2010. And, 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 and basically the idea was that, okay, maybe non-smokers, maybe the scrubbers will, will, will get everything out. You know, it turned out that non-smokers' urine levels of uh, codeine, which is a biomarker for tobacco, were double that of non-smokers who weren't on submarines, thereby indicating that secondhand smoke was still kind of a thing. Or maybe, maybe just smoking in a small, enclosed, oxygenated space under the water is probably not the best idea. Yeah, as it turns out. <laughs> <laughs> Just an incredible story. But anyway, let's move on to our, our, our big story of the day, which is obviously at Apple Press Conference. Mm-hmm. Uh, the headline from Bloomberg Businessweek, Dr. Apple takes first steps into the trillion-dollar health sector market. And really, there's a number of things we can cover from this. There's, there's HealthKit, which is on that new iOS. Uh, there is the Apple Watch, and there are payments. Is there anything you want to cover first? Well, let's uh, let's talk briefly about the watch, I guess, first. Yep. Uh, it's kind of funny. It, you pointed this out to me earlier today that you, know, you kind of watched how the stock did. And, you know, it was, like, really up when they were talking about payments. And yeah. the moment they started talking about the watch, it just collapsed. Yeah, it, it went up about 4.5% at the, the peak of payments right right as they were debuting the watch. And then yeah. I, I literally watched it go all the way back down to, to where it began. Yeah, well, and I so think, I think know, people are a little underwhelmed by the watch. You know, it didn't really seem to be that revolutionary. And, and, and when you look at kind of the opportunity in healthcare, they didn't really spell it out that much. I mean, you know, there's the, the health tracker and you know, yep. calorie counter, but that didn't really feel very new. Yeah, it didn't feel, I think, considering some of the partnerships they had, you mm-hmm. know, Mayo Clinic. Uh, Epic Systems. Yeah, the, the focus on health, you know, with the HealthKit app, mm-hmm. uh, working in conjunction with the watch. Uh, was supposed to be a real game changer. You know, I, I know uh, you know a lot of companies like Garmin that have various other health devices were probably just holding their collective breath mm-hmm. uh, while this was happening. And I think they can feel like they dodged a bullet for the time being. You know, this is Apple's first iteration, and, and certainly when the third-party developers get on there, you're going to see a lot of just robust uh, apps and, and developments, and, and that's really what's going to push Apple's product forward. But mm-hmm. uh, there are some really interesting things. Um, you know, in terms of HealthKit, though, it does do health data at a glance. Right. It has an emergency contact card. It's got, you know, a, a step counter. It can track caffeine. Uh, there is going to be some uh, patient-doctor connectivity, mm-hmm. uh, you know, potentially some lung function tracking, I saw. So there, there's a lot of potential there. Um, we just kind of need to see it hash out a little I, bit more. It wasn't really, I think, there. you know, listen, Apple had to, cover a lot of stuff, right? They had the new iPhone 6. They had the larger iPhone 6. Mm -hmm. They had their first new product category in years. Mm -hmm. So 
I, I don't begrudge them for not focusing on health, but the health aspect was really hyped up, so I kept waiting for it, yeah. and it just didn't really show up to the degree that I was hoping for. Totally. Well, what caught your eye? Uh, well, you know, beyond the watch, and, and I think it'll actually do better than people expect. Oh, yes. Uh, although I, I'm a little... Um, Disappointed it has to be tethered, I guess, to an, to an iPhone. Uh, I think the payment thing is going to be interesting, too. Mm-hmm. I, I do think that's a key for Apple. Uh, you know, we cover healthcare, not tech. But they, but they did sign up, you know, CVS and Walgreens. And, and I think, um, you know, having your health kit synced up to your payments with your pharmacy, like, th- there's a lot of nice integration possibilities there for the company. Oh, for sure. All right. Well, let's move on to uh, our second story, which is another another huge tech company. Yeah. Uh, Going into healthcare, totally different direction though. Google is partnering up with AbbVie, so it's going the big pharma route uh, in a research partnership, and this is for Google subsidiary Calico. Um, AbbVie is going to invest up to one and a half billion in research for age-related diseases. Yeah, so they're starting off with two hundred fifty million a piece, and then potentially another five hundred yeah. million each. Um, and you know, these are conditions like cancer, neurodegenerative disorders. Yep. And, you know, we've had. I mean, as you and I have talked about extensively, sorry to beat the dead horse here, folks, but, uh, you know, I mean, when you look at some of these neurodegenerative diseases like Alzheimer's, like, it has just been a graveyard for success. Um, and so, you know, hopefully, um, you know, Google has just done such a, a really good job of inking smart partnerships in a lot of different areas. Uh, I, I really hope that, um, you know, these moonshots, these just kind of, where they're just like sort of throwing a billion dollars at something and just shooting at it and seeing if they can find something, really hoping that this is an area where they see some success. Yeah, I mean, the amount of money they're putting behind it, even for a company like Google, is a significant it's number. Still, and they're hiring yeah. real heavy hitters, you know, mm-hmm. the former head of Genentech. Yeah. Um, this isn't sort of a fly-by-night Google Labs, you know, sort right. of project. This is a real effort by them, and, and getting a company like AbbVie to partner up Shows they're serious. Shows that, yeah, it, it adds in the same way a partnership helps a small biotech mm-hmm. get a, gain a degree of legitimacy. This does the same thing for Google's project. Not only do they have some incredible thought leaders, but they you know are teaming up with industry stalwarts. And it, it's sort of interesting. It's not a reason to invest in Google right now. Right. Uh, you know, I think I'd be excited though if they spun it off into its own thing just mm-hmm. to see what they would do with it. Um, so it's it's something to watch uh, because because. Big tech is getting interested in healthcare. Well, and, and, and it's just it's just kind of this smart thing. You know, it's like loading up your pipeline with a lot of early stage assets. I mean, some of them are going to pan out. I mean, mm-hmm. remember when Google Glass was just an idea, right? Yeah. And so there are it's sort of just a, a fly by night idea, even. And so you know, I think I'm really excited about what management's doing here, and we'll definitely be really interested to see if the fact that they're kind of a newcomer to this area yeah. is a major problem or means that they take things from a different direction and figure something out. Well, and you, you can end up with dis- different, um, you know, the disruptive thing works. I mean, take yeah. a look at Tesla, right? Total totally. outsiders, and then they're revolutionizing what's happening in the car industry right now. So, totally. um, you know, I wish Google all the success in the world. Absolutely. So let's move uh, from that partnership with a big pharma to big pharma. Mm-hmm. We have some, some big pharma news. Uh, we have a new diabetes drug on the way, and th- mm-hmm. this is exciting. Eli Lilly, which uh, has definitely been in need of some hits, looks like they have one on their hands. Uh, their diabetes drug trumped Sanofi's insulin Lantus uh, in late stage trials. Yeah, so that's a pe- pe- Pro, is I think yep. how you say it. Um, demonstrated, and I'm quoting here, consistent superiority uh, over Lantus. More type one uh, di- uh, patients got uh, better glycemic control. That's Good news there. They didn't give really too much <clears throat> data beyond the top line, yep. but they're going to be releasing that later. Um, you know, it's interesting because 
Eli Lilly's kind of taking shots at Lantis from multiple directions, right? Yep. So, so they've got this. Uh, Peglis Pro, and then they also are developing a biosimilar of Lantis, which has been kind of tied up in the courts lately. But um, and it makes sense that they're taking shots at Lantis because it's an eight billion a year drug, almost. Yep. Um, that's a lot of money. What's interesting though is <clears throat> when you look at Peglis Pro, um, uh, analyst estimates have been kind of all over the map. I, I've seen them as low as six hundred million from uh, Deutsche Bank. Um, so, what the opportunity is is kind of hard to say, especially because. Sanofi's going to be trying to get people over to Tugeo, yep. which is their sort of next-gen next gen version, version of Lantis. Atlantis, yeah, it was U300 was its, uh, yeah. its code name. It's going to be interesting to see because these are really, you know, these two companies and Novo Nordisk, which mm-hmm. we're about to talk about for different reasons. Shockingly different yes, reasons. Yes, shocking, <laughs> yeah, because they're pretty, pretty focused on diabetes. These yeah. are really the three companies that are, um, determ- you know, they're at the front of the pack in terms oh, of diabetes. Sure. AstraZeneca is sort of a second-tier player. Mm-hmm. I, I, I know I'm going to offend people at AstraZeneca by saying that, but uh, they kind of are. <laughs> Lily, Lily has a huge portfolio, mm-hmm. and it's in a lot of it's in late-stage development. So it's going to be important to have these head-to-head tests do well because that's how they're going to gain market share from the more established players like Sanofi, like Novo. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it, it makes sense as a, as a good opportunity to establish themselves further. All right, well, let's take a look at uh, Novo. We teased that there was a new weight loss drug on the way. Yep. And uh, so Novo's weight loss drug may crack market where others have missed, according to Bloomberg. But the funny thing is, this isn't a new drug, per se. It's, uh, it's a drug that's already approved, but for a completely different indication. Yeah, liraglutide, yeah. Uh, which uh, has, been, uh, has been in the in the diabetes space. And now, basically, what, one of the things they noticed when they were testing is they were like, oh, interesting, there's a kind of a, a weight loss component. Mm-hmm. Let's test that separately. Let's see if there's an indication. And, and adding on indications like that is a smart thing that a lot of biotechs and big farmers do um, to basically be like, okay, well, we've already done the development, most of the development costs for this drug. Let's see if we can give it out yeah. to more patients. The more things you can get it approved for, the more money you can wring out of that uh drug and, and then recoup those development costs. So the data were great, though. Yeah, uh, they, they were. And uh, actually, Novo uh, is about to go forward with an advisory committee. That's, of course, before FDA. Mm-hmm. The FDA makes their final decision. Usually they have an advisory committee, which is a conversation. The advisory committee isn't always followed by the FDA, but it kind of usually is. Um, and the briefing documents at least appear very positive thus far that the advisory committee will probably be uh, pretty behind it. Of course, we can't produce, you know, we can't predict the future, but that yep. seems to be kind of what the tea leaves are indicating, and that's going to be uh, on Thursday. Yeah, so stay tuned for that. I mean, that's yeah. uh, coming right up. Yeah. Um, all right, well, let's move on to our final topic, which is going to be... Uh, on the ongoing Ebola issue. Uh, Reuters has a report that says Ebola spreads exponentially in Liberia. Many more cases soon. Uh, Unfortunately, 2,100 people have already uh, been killed Mm -hmm. um, since uh, the disease was discovered. Uh, Obviously not that bad right now, but but I saw the numbers were up in the... the, They're worried about, what, 20,000? Yeah, potential cases, yeah. Yeah. Um, And and actually the... The most recent death toll number I saw was about 2,300. You know, it's it, it's been yeah. kind of moving around a little bit, um, and and I think one of the concerns is the potential destabiliz- destabilizing effects, right? Yeah. I mean, so uh, Liberia's uh, Minister of National Defense said, and I quote, "Liberia is facing a serious threat to its national existence." End quote. I mean, they're they're not pulling any punches here. This is a, a really uh, problematic disease spread. Um, the the numbers, the sort of indications I've seen are that we can probably expect to see further 
uh, sort of ramping up for the next couple of weeks before containment finally starts reducing new yeah. uh, new numbers. Well, um, thankfully, it's not airborne, so it's easier yeah. to, to quarantine populations. Yeah, and, and and so far, you know, they've been doing the best they can. Um, yeah. And fortunately, a lot of aid has been uh, flowing in. Um, from outside countries and outside foundations, um, and a lot of people have been making commitments to do more to fight um, in the research. You know, Brian Arelli has an excellent article on um, kind of the various um, vaccines and and treatments that yep. uh, folks like Johnson Johnson, GlaxoSmithKline, yep. Mira. Johnson 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 is pushing theirs forward. They're accelerating yeah. the program, hoping to get it done. Exactly. So so there's a, a lot that we're doing to fight back, yep. but it's still scary, and it's probably going to be a, a, a really rough few weeks still. Yeah, I think it's going to be it's going to be tough. And and what you've seen is a lot of biotechs mm-hmm. uh, jump up, saying they're working, you know, on these drugs or they're they're trying to develop them. I, I want to caution investors, you know, I know you get, a, it's easy to get excited about a drug that can help a lot of people, mm-hmm. uh, especially in a time of crisis, but these are, a lot of these stocks are ones to stay away from, especially the, the micro caps. If you see, uh, you know, small, almost penny stocks mm-hmm. touting uh, their Ebola vaccines, stay away. That's well, my general advice. I saw, I saw one that's a, a notorious bad player in the space. I'm not going to give them credit. Uh, they're on a $60 million market cap now that used to be higher that's, that's now touting it's a Ebola vaccine, and that's, that's a classic stay-away stock. Well, and, and the thing is, particularly, when, when, you, when you look beyond the headline, right, in a lot of cases these are they're beginning testing in mice. Do you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Or they've just finished preclinical testing. Yep. I mean, th- there is no drug I would invest in that has completed preclinical testing. I mean, I, I would, me personally, at least, I don't really get excited about a drug until it's maybe late phase two if the yeah, data's exactly. really good. Um, so it's just it, it's just a general kind of like these are the fool, these are smart foolish rules for biotech investing, investing in general, yep. and they apply to vaccines as well as you know any type of drug. Really. Absolutely. All right, everyone. Well, thank you for joining us for Wednesday's healthcare edition of Where the Money Is. Michael and I will see you back here next week, and stay tuned tomorrow for Energy's Where the Money Is. Fulan. <laughs>